how sacred this occasion is. Jesus, when he was here, and just before his departure back to heaven, where he had come from, when he was born as a babe, and you may ask, well, how could that all come about? Well, we don't have time this morning. But the Bible is very clear that Jesus preexisted before he was born as a babe. But when after he died, after he was resurrected, just before his ascension back to heaven in Matthew 28, Matthew the 28th chapter and beginning with the 19th verse. In the 19th verse, he gives the, his followers, his disciples, a commission to go into all the world to teach, to baptize, to make disciples. Then in verse 20, he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. All things what I have commanded you. So whatever Jesus has commanded, brethren, we need to teach one another. We need to teach others the importance of these commands that he has given and also the instructions that he has given as to how to carry them out. Some people feel that it really, really doesn't make that much difference as to how you carry them out as long as you carry them out because they're only symbolic anyway. They're only symbolic. It's all right to sprinkle for baptism because it's only symbolic. And baptism is symbolic. The Lord's Supper, it doesn't matter as to how you do it as long as you do it because it's symbolic anyway. But brethren, if we are to teach the things that Christ taught he not only taught us as to what to do, but how to perform that which He has told us to perform. And so we are to perform these ordinances in the way and the instruction that He has given. All right, we don't have too, too long a time this morning to go somewhat through this subject, and we're not going to exhaust the subject because I would have liked to have another Sabbath in between today and next week to brought some other thoughts. Let's go back to Exodus the 12th chapter. Exodus the 12th chapter. When it comes to the other ordinances, brethren, such as baptism, you go right to the real source of it the very first time it was performed, and there we have an example how to perform baptism. And so it is with the Lord's Supper. You go back to the very beginning and follow it through and understand why it came about and the events that transpired up to the time when Jesus actually gave the, the emblems 
which represent the body and the shed blood. But here in Exodus 12 is the instructions for the first Passover that was ever observed by God's people. They were in Egypt. They were in bondage. And God had brought various plagues upon the Egyptians to let his people go. And this was the last plague that was to, to come. It was a plague of death. It was a plague of death. And God gave his people instructions as to how to escape that death. And brethren... There's a death that's hanging over our head if we do not follow the instructions of God. The only way that you can escape that death is by following the instructions that God has given us. In the 12th chapter of Exodus and, and uh uh, beginning with the third verse, you'll find that God says, Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. Every house had to have a lamb. Every house. As you read in here, there's one, one stipulation that God gave if the house was too small for a whole lamb, they could go together with, the, with their neighbor and the two of them could slay the lamb and eat the lamb together during that night. But that was the only stipulation that he gave that they could uh, any right for not following his complete and explicit instruction. You'll find that in the fourth verse, but we don't have uh, time to read all the verses today. In the sixth verse, he now notice now, in the tenth month they were to separate it. In the sixth verse, he says, and ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Shall kill it in the evening. Again, if you read on, you'll find that they were to separate it not only on the tenth day, but those four days, they were not to give it any water or any feed during those four days, that animal. And on the 14th day, they were to kill it in the evening. And we'll have more to say about that a little later on. And in the eighth verse, it says, And they shall eat the flesh in that night. What reference does it have when it says in that night? The night of the 14th. The night of the 14th. Now if we follow the, the culture and the, the, the practice, our practice today, like if today was the 14th, we would probably eat it tonight. But brethren, God's time doesn't go that away. Today is actually the 4th of April, and the night of the 4th in God's time was last night. Was last night. Evening and the morning were the first day. The evening and the morning was the second day. God's time begins from sunset and, in, and, and uh, begins at sunset and ends at sunset. And the night, 
the prior to the day is counted as a part of that date. So when he says you shall kill it and eat it in that night has reference to the 14th day of the Jewish month Nisan. The reason why I emphasize that and very am trying to be very explicit is that there are some who feel that they killed it in the light part of the day of the 14th and ate it that night, which would have been the 15th, the night of the 15th. Now, if you have never come across anyone that uh, leans that away or, or, or uh, is of that uh, persuasion, you will someday. You will someday, and you need to be fully persuaded in your mind as to the correctness of the date. And we find, uh, if we follow through with all the information, God says the soul that will not follow the instructions that are given him, cut him off. Cut him off. That's how serious God was about it. That's how important God intended Israel to think about it and to consider the instructions. Now, if God was that particular about the Passover, brethren, don't you think that we would feel should have the same attitude about the Lord's Supper today? I do believe. I do believe it is something not to take lightly. I admit there's no scripture says if you don't, you're going to be cut off. But I like to remind you, brethren, we're starting in our Sabbath school quarterlies today, a quarterly about stewardship. And today it mentions about obedience. About obedience. And I'm Posing the question, if we choose to disobey the instructions of God, don't you think we're going to be held accountable in the day of judgment? Think about that. Let us notice in this chapter as to why it was called Passover. Now each year we mention some of these things, if not something every time, And I don't apologize about that at all. Because of the subject, the importance of of understanding the subject, we try to bring something new to you, not necessarily new, but at least not just the same thing every year. But there are some things that you cannot escape in bringing this subject. And this is one of them. That we've mentioned just about every year. In Exodus, the 12th chapter, beginning with the 25th verse, it says, And it shall come to pass when you have come to the land which the Lord shall give you, according as he hath promised, that ye shall keep this service. It doesn't sound right. Okay, okay. And it shall come, verse 26, And it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, What mean ye by this service? In other words, he says, generation is going to come on. Another generation is going to come on. They're not going to understand. They're going to want to know. And this is what you need to explain to your children. 
He said, if they ask what mean you by this service, in verse 27, he says, that ye shall say, it is a sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. When they killed that lamb, brethren, they were to sprinkle the blood on the lineal, on the doorpost of the, of the door. They were to sprinkle it on each door and across the top of the door. And when the Lord saw the blood, he passed over the house. And that's why it's called Passover was because of the passing over of the Lord. And again, I want to, I'm trying to tie the two together as we go along this morning so you can see where I'm coming from and where I'm going. Today, brethren, if you haven't applied the blood of Jesus Christ to the, heart of your, to the doors of your heart, so to say, Jesus is not going to pass over you when he comes. You'll be taken in death. Just as the children of Israel was taken in death if they did not follow the instruction. That's what the Lord is trying to get us to understand. These things was a type of something to come. And so he says, you'll explain to your children that this is the Lord's Passover who passed over the houses. Notice, go back to verse 13. It says, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. Token of what? Token of their faith. Token of your obedience. The blood shall be for you for, uh, to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. I will pass over you. Brethren, the significance of this whole thing is the blood. Is the blood. If they had not believed the instructions, if they didn't, had not believed God and did not follow through with the instructions, did not apply the blood where they should have applied it, their lives would have been lost. And some people feel, I believe in Jesus. I believe he's the Savior. But have you accepted his blood as the atonement for your sins? Believing in Jesus is not going to, it's not, as we would say in our slang today, is not going to get it. To believe that he died on the cross is not going to accomplish. Just in believing that he rose from the dead, you're still not safe yet. But accepting the blood as the sacrifice, believing in the atonement of Jesus Christ as Remission of the sins of the people. That's what we have to do. It's the blood of what I'm trying to emphasize, brethren. It's the blood that's the foremost thrust in the message of salvation. 
of the good news that man can be saved from his sins. Just as the blood was the important thing. There's a lot more I wish I could had time to say concerning the blood as far as the time element is concerned, but I don't have that time this morning. Let us go to Leviticus 23. Leviticus 23 and verse 5. <coughs> it says, In the fourteenth day of the first month at even is the Lord's Passover. Notice, brethren, this, how specific the instructions are. The fourteenth day of the first month, in other words, of the, of the calendar, the, the, the yearly cycle that God gave Israel when they, when they left Egypt or when they was about to leave Egypt. He says, this will be the beginning of months unto you. This will be the beginning of months. And the fourteenth day of the first month is the Lord's Passover. Not the thirteenth, not the fifteenth, some other day, but the fourteenth day is the Passover. And if you read on there, you'll find that the 15th day is the beginning of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. <clears throat> the 14th pertains to the Passover. The 15th and the 7th, uh, including that set for seven days, involves the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So we have the explicit time, the explicit date, as far as the, the date and time of the Passover is concerned. One other thought, as far as it could not be at any other time, notice Numbers 33. Numbers 33. Numbers 33 and the first verse. No, the third verse, I'm sorry. Numbers 33 and verse 3, it says, And they departed from Ramesses in the first month on the fifteenth day. Of the first month. On the morrow after the Passover, the children of Israel went out with an high hand in the sight of all the Egyptians. Now, this tells us that they left Egypt on the 15th. 14th is a Passover, and they left on the 15th. You might say, well, they still had that night to observe the Passover if. That's the correct interpretation. Let us see if they had that night to observe the Passover. They left the 15th. Now keep that thought in mind. If you don't keep your hand in that, in that uh, reference, please do so because we're going to compare that thought with Deuteronomy 16. Deuteronomy 16. We just read where they left on the 15th. In Deuteronomy 16 and verse 1, it said, Observe the month of Abib and... Keep the Passover unto the Lord thy God. Now notice now. For in the month of Abib, the Lord thy God brought thee forth out of Egypt by night. So brethren, they couldn't have observed the Passover the night of the 15th. They were on their way out of Egypt. The Bible says they left the 15th. And here it says they left by night. So it was the night of the 15th in which they left Egypt. No possibility in whatsoever as time allotted them 
that they could observe it the night of the 15th. That's sort of the foundation that we've built upon now as far as uh, uh, the Lord's Supper is concerned. Now let us go to John the 15th chapter. John the 15th chapter. John 15 and verse 10. Jesus said, If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments. Now notice that. It's important I want you to notice that. He said, I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. There is a feeling that that one night, the original night, the first night that Jesus instituted the emblems, he observed the Lord's Supper one night early. But brethren, if Jesus had partaken the Passover a night early, they wouldn't have had to hire some, some people to lie. They wouldn't have had to hunt around to get some false witness to testify that he had broken the Father's will or the Father's commandment. But Jesus plainly says, I have kept my Father's commandments, and brethren, I believe he did. I believe he did. He kept the Passover on the night in which it was to have been observed. Not a night late, not a night early, but on the original night, because he says here, I have kept my Father's commandment. In fact, the events that leads up to this remark that he makes here, we find in Luke, the 22nd chapter. In Luke, the 22nd chapter, it being recorded in the 7th verse, it says, then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. Now, if Jesus had given him instructions a day early, do you think that Luke could have recorded this? He says, then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. Now there is a movement, there is a feeling among some that it, we really don't know as to when we should observe the, pass, the, the, the Lord's Supper today, so therefore we can observe it whenever we so desire. The reasoning for this is, back in the early time they didn't have telescopes, they depended upon their eye. And in the time of Christ, they would send out watchers on a hill outside of Jerusalem and he would place himself there and he would watch to where he would able to see the moon. And the date and the time in which he observed the moon and the calendar, their calendar is based upon the moon. It's a lunic, it's on a lunic cycle. It's not a, what's the other word? 
Solar, thank you. It's not, a so, uh, it's not based on a solar cycle as, as, as ours is. And so they said there were cloudy days. And therefore, it, the Passover was not observed on the original 14th day of Nisan as they observed it in the beginning. Not only that, we are told that there were times when Israel went into bondage and they did not keep track. They did not have their month to go by. Or, or their calendar, excuse me. They didn't have their calendar to go by for years. And so when they came back, they didn't have a starting date to begin with. Therefore, we cannot depend upon the, the, the date of the, of the Jewish calendar to go by the Lord's Supper. I'd like to point something out to us, brethren, today that, that's very important. And it's this very verse. Luke said, and he's quoting. I shouldn't say quoting. Well, yes, he's quoting because Luke was not a first-hand eyewitness. But he says, then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. I'd like to ask you a question, brethren, to, to consider this subject. I wonder from the time of the Passover back in Exodus 12 and the time of Jesus, how many times they had a cloudy day when that watcher went out on the hill to watch for the moon. I imagine they had a lot of them. And the times when Israel went into bondage, they didn't have a calendar to go by, and they came back and they established, they took up the time and the date again. Yet Jesus doesn't mention here. Well, brethren, no, that's, that's not correct. You're, you're a week off here, or, or you've missed it a couple of days. Brethren, he doesn't say that. Jesus, as he inspired the writer, says, and then there came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. Jesus took the date. They knew how to calculate. They knew how to figure. God gave them instructions without a doubt how to calculate in the beginning. That was never lost. That was never lost. <clears throat> Brethren, as far as being on the explicit day today does not matter to me. But I tell you, the 14th of Nisan matters to me. That's what Jesus wants or God wants us to understand. And a week from tomorrow evening, again, is the anniversary date. Is the anniversary date and the time of which Jesus first instituted the Lord's Supper. There are those who try to calculate their own time today. And they figure the time of the Lord's Supper in their own calculation. And many times they take it differently than we do. But brethren, I think Israel knows how to figure their calendar. I think they do.
And I believe that is the date in which God wanted us to calculate our time today. In 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, the Apostle Paul told the brethren, he says, Purge out therefore the old leaven. What is the old leaven he's talking about here? Is this the leaven that they put in the bread? No, brethren. He's talking about sin here. Purge out the sin. The old leaven. Purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover, Christ our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Now do we observe Passover today? No, brethren, we don't. Passover was Passover, and the Lord's Supper is the Lord's Supper. They both are symbols of different different occasions. Israel observed Passover in remembrance of their coming out of literal Egypt. We observe the Lord's Supper today in commemoration in remembrance of the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. So brethren, we don't observe Passover today, but Jesus is our Passover. Why was Paul referring to him as our Passover? Because that lamb was a Passover lamb. And it was the blood of that lamb that saved Israel. And it's the blood of Jesus Christ that saves us today. He is our Passover. If we apply his blood to our hearts, to our lives, when Jesus comes to judge the world, he will pass over us. But woe unto the man, unto, woe unto the woman, woe unto the young person who knows and yet does not bring his life in conformity. Woe unto you. Because you have that opportunity today, brethren, to make the preparations. Israel, before they could observe the Passover, they had to get the leavening out of their houses. They had to kill the lamb. They had to apply the blood. There was a preparation that they went through, and so it is today, brethren. There's a preparation. We have to get the leavening, the sin out of our life. It's not going to do you any good to get the leavening out of your literal houses that you live in and sleep in. That's not what the scripture refers to. It's the leavening, it's the sin of our life that we have to get out and then apply the blood of Jesus Christ to our life, to our heart. And then when Jesus comes, he will pass over. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us oh praise God praise God brethren if it was not for Jesus we'd all be lost we'd all be lost no wonder the apostle Paul speaks of 
the way he does in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 18. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18. He says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Oh, how people make fun of the cross. Belittle it. Think so lowly, so such a low opinion of it. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. It's the power. Oh, brethren, it's not the wood that has the power, gives us the power. It's what took place upon that cross. And that's what Paul is alluding to. He's not alluding to the, to the, to the cross itself. But what took place on the cross. But unto us which are saved, the cross is the power of God. And that's what it means to us as we come together assemble and observe the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. It's something special. It's something special. You feel it. You feel it when we come together. My friend, this morning, if you're not ready, if you haven't made the preparation, would you do so today? There's still time. We have one more Sabbath that you can be baptized, or even today was the Sabbath before the Lord's Supper. It wouldn't make any difference. We still have time to baptize you. I would just, I'm trying to emphasize, my friend, that you need to prepare for the coming of the Lord because He's going to come. He's going to come. And I would like for Him to come and find you prepared. May God bless you as you think upon these things. Ponder them. And if you're not ready to meet the Lord, I hope that as we sing the invitation song that you'll step out and come and accept the Lord as your personal Savior. Would you do that? God bless you as my prayer. Turn to number 394. 394. Let's all stand. <clears throat> I remember how my Savior died for me on the rugged cross of dark Mount Calvary. I remember how he cried, how he bowed his head and died. I remember dark Calvary. I remember how he fainted it for me, how his blood was washed on dark Calvary. Oh, the blood of Calvary's brow, I can see it flowing now. I remember dark Calvary. I remember how he blessed and broke the bread, signifying.
magnifies my broken body, thus he said. Broken on the cruel tree, hanging there for you and me, I remembered our Calvary. I remember how he painted it for me. Now his blood was washed on dark Calvary. Oh, the blood of Calvary's brow, I can see it flowing now. I remembered our Calvary. The songwriter is trying to get us to let our minds wander back and try to view that setting. That setting where Jesus and the time when Jesus went to the cross. Try to visualize the crown of thorns trying to visualize the spear was, that was thrust in his side and to see, as the writer says, the blood flowing for you and I. Again, I'd like to invite you to come today and accept that sacrifice. Accept Jesus as your Savior. Or if you'd just like to come and pray, please do so as we sing this last stanza. Just remember how they pierced him in the side, from which flowed the precious healing, cleansing tide. It was shed for you and me that from sin we might be free. I remembered our Calvary. I remember how he paid the head for me. In the offering that was received for Donnie, $252. United Missions Fund was $91.40. May the Lord bless each one that gave. Let us bow our heads. Our Father, which art in heaven, we come to thee in the humble attitude of prayer, realizing the seriousness of the Lord's Supper that is coming soon. Lord, we pray that we might prepare our hearts, that we might get out the leaven out of our, heart, out of our lives, that we might be ready to partake of the uh, broken body. We pray, Lord, that you would go with us now as we separate to our separate homes, lead, guide, and, grant, guide and direct us, and bless, grant us the home of thy kingdom, sound faithful. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.